You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, punters and dribblers, welcome to the Hello Sport Podcast, home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Now, we're back again for another week, joined as always by the darling of the ice, Edward Simpson, the eternal of throbbers. Mm-hmm. Yep, correct. Darling the ice, I like. Yes. Um, Pretty smooth on the ice. Yeah, very for those, smooth. For those that have seen me in action. Absolutely. There is a little ice skating rink down in Bondi Beach where Eddie resides. Address will be kept off the record, but there is a little ice skating rink. If you get down there of an afternoon, you can see Eddie doing some laps, mm-hmm. working on the uh, the speed skating, but... More, you are more of a figure skater. More of a figure skater, traditionally, historically, punters, dribblers. You've preferred that they refer to it as ice dancing, though. Yeah. Would I be correct there? <laughs> Absolutely right. Think of my, as, uh, myself as a swan of the ice. Yes. Majestic, pure, but very talented. Like, there's, there's grace to your movements, but there's also a violence that I think is often... An artistic violence. Yes, there's an artistic violence that's often not necessarily appreciated in the ice skating or ice dancing racket, and I feel like it's lost sometimes on your maybe your more average uh, fair-weather figure skater fan. Yes. Correct. All correct. Funny way to open the podcast. <laughs> We're uh, back. Back for another week now, but... A good lesson, nonetheless, for the punter and the dribbler. In what? A terrific... How to open strong. Well, how to open strong and punch through. Yeah. But also in the nuances and the off-forgotten art of ice dancing. Yes. And obviously it's preferred terminology, as such as, which is ice dancing, uh, not figure skating. As I said, Bondi Ice Rink, every afternoon, Edward there working on his craft. Now... <laughs> You know, we often say that a week's a long time in sport, Eddie. Yes. I would say actually the last week's kind of been a short week in sport. I don't know if there's a a, a a wealth of sporting yarn and narrative that's necessarily, you know, exploded like it had maybe last week. Would that, would that be fair for me to say? Well, we've been going through a purple patch from a sporting perspective yes. for a while. Mm. Uh well, I mean, we had the Ashes. We've had uh, no, we Origin didn't. Glory. Oh, not the Ashes. The World Cup. Ashes, uh, Ashes coming up. Origin Glory. There's been a lot on. There's been a lot of stories and twists and turns and narrative and yarn for Tom and I to Wait yarn to about. To. But bit of a slow week. But that doesn't mean there aren't yarns out there, punters. No, not at all. Because you best believe there are, and we've unearthed them. We have unearthed them. So this week, punters, dribblers... Well, like, Throbbers, yeah. snorters, growlers, howls, prowlers. Yeah, look, I mean, often forgotten the growler. Well, I feel like we've, and the for- we've forgotten the snorter, the growler, the howl, the prowler uh, in maybe podcasts of late. Uh, mm. Not intentionally, but we have bought out the baggy green. Uh, Hello Sport baggy green for those that are watching on video when this actually goes up. Uh, if. The show motto there, snort and growl and howl and prowl on the back of the baggy green. The final baggy green. I wonder if it will be earned pre-ashes or not. Who knows? Uh, we're not forcing this one, punters, dribblers. <laughs> Absolutely you either, you either come to the table with something or it remains <laughs> because in unless I see a Violet Crumbles jersey uh, or, you know, something of that ilk, then, you know. Or some Trebojevic brothers memorabilia. Yeah, exactly. That brothers in arms Trebojevic posters. Stuff like that. You know, Stuff like that. Things you know we'll like, then, then the baggy green stays, uh, stays with us. But... With every passing day that it doesn't get claimed, it only grows. Uh, it only in stature. St- in stature. It only steepens like the Bank West uh, stands. In oh, it's stature. steeper than Bank West now. Oh, easily. Oh, yeah. Easily. Oh, baby, this one is literally one in eleven. Yeah, but like, but it's way more special because it's lucky last. Yes. Obviously, one and two. Mine been one. Tom's been two. Well, are special. special. Very special. Mm-hmm. But this eleventh is. Very, very Certainly special. the third most special. And I'd <laughs> say that, you know, I mean, I don't know if Eddie's a one or number two. We haven't got them numbered, but <laughs> I actually think I got mine first. Anyway, punters, dribblers, I feel like maybe we should get into some form of sporting conversation, Edward. Would that be a fair sort of request from the punter and the dribbler? I think that's why they're tuning in. Yeah, I think Largely. it is. Well, well, look, some of them, <laughs> the snorters, like they like the dribble, the snorter. Yeah, the snorter will listen so to anything. The, dribbler. the snorter will listen to anything. Um, Particularly so, if he's done some snorting. Yes, which, I mean, who hasn't on a Monday night? If you haven't been snorting, then what have you been doing? Uh, probably living your life in a healthy manner. Now, as we try 
to get ourselves out of this intro. <laughs> Dig ourselves out of it inch by inch with each shovel getting us closer to escaping the intro, Edward. <laughs> uh, the things that I think we're going to touch on this week. Now, remember, any of it could and will be cut out. Um Chuck Mundine back in the ring, uh, the CTE strap. Uh, he's p- fighting John Wayne Parr, who's a famous kickboxer, if you follow kickboxing. Uh, then we've also got a bit of rugby league. Obviously, Manly Seagulls, the mighty Manly Seagulls, uh, they're entrenched, solidly entrenched in the top eight. They're at fifth spot all by themselves. Uh, there's, Paul, some, there's some netball yarns. Netball yarns. There's some female cricket yarns. Uh, there's some. There's some. There's a swimming beef. There's some salacious gossip yarns that we're going to touch on. Yep. There's swimming beef. There's dribbler uh, dribbles. There's dri- exactly. I mean, look, there's a bit. There's plenty punters dribblers. So fucking strap in. Time to strap in because we got to dig ourselves out of this intro quick. Punters dribblers. Obviously, first cab off the rank today is the fact that the Manly Seagulls are now entrenched in the top eight, fifth for two wins inside the eight for the uninitiated. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is off the back of a very close call last year, finishing 15th. Could have been 16th, but it wasn't because Manly don't win spoons. No. Or lose them, no. if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. But Des, the prodigal son, he's returned to the prodigal land, the promised land. Yeah, don't say prodigal too many times. No, no, no. I like saying it twice. No, I know, but you know, might But that's why I said dentist. it. No, 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 no. Not a word like that. Okay. Uh, Des returns and the eagle soars once more, high upon the uh, the 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 uh, the northern beaches winds. Yes, you're right. Now I just wanted to say, punters, dribblers, was out there Sunday afternoon, four o'clock. Beautiful transis- transition from HD light to to darkness or sort of dusky darkness, yeah, yeah, yeah. which then allows the fireworks that Manly had put on display to come into their own. Plenty of tries yesterday at Brookvale. But it was just a gorgeous afternoon for rugby league football. 15,500 punters and dribblers, mostly dribblers. I was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my girlfriend's idea to go, which I thought was lovely. Maria. So shout out, Maria. To, shout out to her. Maria. She said we should go to Brookvale because nothing is better than rugby league on a Sunday afternoon. I said, you know what? You are fucking absolutely right. When are you and together we went to Brookvale. Just the two of you? Just the two of us. See, I thought you may have been going with, you know, a couple of lads and she was coming along, being a lovely lady that she is. Shout out to her, Ella. Uh, But just you, just a little daisy poo. Sunday morning, she goes, do you want to go? When's Manly playing? This afternoon at four o'clock. She goes, do you want to go? I was like, yep. I don't want to be crass, but did you you bust in your pants? Yeah, of course. I had to have a shower immediately. Immediately, right? Like Mm. that's, that's shower territory. It was as good as it gets, punters. You know what? It'd be like the only way it could have got better is, is if, if it wasn't dry July, off, and I she... could just go get fucking absolutely. No, I tell you what would have made it better is if she'd like just rattled off Brett Stewart's stats. Well, yeah. I tell you what else warmed the heart was she asked plenty of questions about the Travoyevic brothers. Which can you call him Travoyevic? Whatever. No, but Travoyevic. 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 Jesus Christ. Carry on. She asked plenty of questions. She was enthused. She was interested. She That's wanted right. to know. And the snack, Ruben Garrick. He, didn't uh, he turn it on for her? Isn't that his favourite it player? It's her favourite player. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So congratulations to Ella and congratulations to me, who was on the receiving end of that beautiful gesture. But more importantly, congratulations to the Manly Seagulls. Entrenched in the top eight. Dominated Parramatta. Obviously let him come back in late. Um... I guess just for you know Sunday over that can footy. be tidied up. Well, you give it. Of course, they can be tidied up. But you're giving the fans a little bit of what they want, what they're asking for. Tommy Turbo, the seventh wonder of the natural world, uh, putting on a clinic, looking every bit uh, a generational throbber. I tell you what, I was watching the Channel Nine telecast mm. and multiple references to Tommy having what it takes to be the greatest manly player of all time. They referenced the fact that Fatty had said that once, but then Sturlow said it. Joey said he agreed, I think, at some point. Joey gave me a bum steer because he thought he said that the way Tommy was looking pregame, you know, he could have a couple of tries in him. So I went, I went, I went on that. Unfortunately, it didn't pay off, but stellar performance nonetheless from Turbo. Anyway, I don't know. If there was too much to this point, Eddie, other than the fact that you had a glorious Sunday. No, I just see light. Look, I think that 
great rugby league stories and experiences need to be shared. Yeah. That's that's always been my belief. Positive rugby league stories. That's right. I'm spreading the good word, the gospel of the greatest game of all in winter. Yep. That's God's winner game. That's God's winner game. Now, I did want to touch on something, Tom. Yep. Some rugby league. It's rugby league gossip, okay? Now that we've, you know... Got through. Got through what it was glowing praise for the greatest club of all. Yes. Uh, we arrive at something that has persisted over the course of the season in its entirety, I think it's fair to say, Tom. Yep. Even some sprinkling of pre-season yarn in there. Angus Crichton. Yes. Friend of the show. Dear friend of the show. Hell of a footballer. Um, hell of a man. Hell of a man. Hell of a human being. Now, lots of whispers that Angus Crichton on the outer with the Roosters, on the outer with Trent Robinson, on yep. the outer um, with the club, and potentially the code, potentially looking for a switch back to rugby union, all because he has a shit attitude as it's been described time and time and time and time again and hasn't bought into the Roosters culture of which I didn't know they had one. Now... <laughs> Is, what are you hearing, Tom? Because you hear whispers. You hear more whispers than I, and I hear your whispers. So I basically hear your whispers, but you hear them first. I hear some whispers, and then I will, you know, the, I will transmit those whispers to you. Uh, often transmitted through dribble. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Very contagious dribble. Now, there's been a few rumors because Angus, because Crichton hasn't come in and absolutely dominated like he was sort of doing last year for Souths. Uh, but he's, he's he a young buck finding his feet. Young buck finding his feet. He's also gone into a side that is, as we've said, the patchwork quilt of the NRL in terms of just basically signing all the greatest players in the competition and putting them into one side, right? Like, it's not necessarily a Roosters team. It's like you've got the best South player. You've got the best, uh, you know, t- former Tigers players. You've got you, you, They're bringing in throbbers from all across this fine brown land of ours and mm. some Poms. Mm. But so for Crichton not to get in there and just, you know, dominate completely now, that's kind of what the Roosters expect, right? Which is, you know, I guess part and parcel of going to that glamour club. But he didn't. He hasn't been as uh, outwardly successful since he's gone there. So there were a couple of things. There were rumours like that that once he got a bake after a game from Trent Robinson or some shit. But like again, I'm sure that happens relatively. I don't yeah, think that's an yeah, infrequent that- thing where like a coach might rev you up if you have a shit game. No one's beyond. Shit games. Latrell Mitchell, for fuck's sake, has just been having. He's had. He had like a string of horror games. There's gonna be times where maybe you're not playing your best, but there were. That was sort of the the thing. Oh yeah, Crichton. And then it was like, oh, he got he got shredded by Robbo, and then it was like he's on the outer. And then this thing that was doing the rounds last week, and I'll just read. It was a rumor mill thing. And look, by all means, in rugby league, when there's smoke, there can often be fire, right? You look at someone like James Roberts just recently, where it was like, oh mate, he, he doesn't want to be at the Broncos. Da da da. Going to South, everyone's denying it. Then two days later, he's on. He's signed with South. So like, there's obviously these moments where. Oh, it happens. Of course. The rumors come true. But the Crichton one was a bit weird, and I'll just read from it here. So uh, Angus Crichton likely to be released, set to return to Rugby Union. Trent Robinson unhappy with his attitude. Tyson Tyson Frizzell set to join. Frizzell unhappy at the Dragons, particularly with the club's position on Jack DeBellin. Asked for a release. I mean, now, look, could I see the Roosters signing one of the best back rowers in the competition in Tyson Frizzell? Absolutely, because it's like just something that they would do. But... Of course they would. But what doesn't make sense about this whole thing, to me, yeah. is how he can go from someone who Sam Burgess has said on countless occasions when he was at the Rabbitohs, like, Angus Crichton is a fucking beast and you don't want to train with him because he goes so hard. Yeah. Like, he's such an animal, right? How someone can go from being, you know, the most talked about young talent in the comp after Caelan Ponga to inside of half a season on the outer fucked shit yeah. attitude. Like that was never a yarn at the Rabbitohs in Rabbitohs. In fact it was the opposite. Yeah. Apparently he was such an animal, so driven, such a good trainer, got around the boys, great for the culture, great young leader, all this shit. They were talking about him being the captain of the kangaroos for fuck's sake. And then six months later, nah. He's shit, doesn't buy into the culture, all this. I'm like, I can't see that. No. I can't see that, particularly when Trent Robinson is supposed to be a great man manager who can get the best out of his boys. Um, you've got fucking Cooper Cronk there, one of the greatest like fucking generals of our time. Yeah, you've got the New South Wales captain, the Australian captain. And you've got captain, the Australian captain, Cooper New Cronk. South Wales captain there. But also, like, 
Is Trent going to give up on a seven eight hundred thousand dollar investment? No, he's not. Six months and go. Nah, you know what? Fuck it. He's out. Like eight fifty or whatever. And it was. and so then all these these rumors getting around. They went to Trent, and uh, then he was like, "Mate, is there any? Have you got any evidence to back up any of this shit?" Okay, you don't. So move on. Now again, that doesn't mean anything because it's a coach covering his ass. But I have had we have had a few DM slides from people that we know know Angus. And people are in the rugby league circles that have that have slid into the Hello Sport DMs, punters, dribblers, and that's at Hello Sport Podcast on Instagram, uh, who have heavily refuted it. Said, "Don't believe it. Don't buy into it. It's all bullshit." But then I've heard I've heard people say, "Yeah, it's true." Yeah, but who are they? Friends of friends. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. No, I know. Look, it's well, the same thing. We've, we've, it's the we've same had, thing. We've had a little bit of both. We've had a bit of column A, a bit of column B. You could be forgiven for. Falling into the, uh, not even a trap. You could be forgiven for believing it because rugby league often lies. And we know that Crichton is a former rugby union player. And with everything that's going on, he could walk straight into a shitload of money in rugby union. Yes, he could. But the but fact why is, would you? But the fact is he signed a three-year deal at the Roosters for 800 plus. His boyhood club, well, not boyhood, no, but like the club, yeah, the club he always he went, went for yeah, him. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just can't see how his attitude has fallen off a cliff inside of six months when you're in that sort of setup also, with those sort of just from talking doesn't make to sense. Him, just from talking to him and punish dribblers, by all means, go back and listen to our podcast with Angus Crichton if you haven't already, uh, homework for the week. But mm. he did not seem like a guy who would struggle with attitude. No. He seemed like a driven dude outside of rugby league. Like yep. he had the things that he was doing with the indigenous community. Uh, and not just like, oh, he's got some friends that he used to go and see there. He was like setting up full foundations and shit. Like it just, it didn't seem like he was someone who is. Uh, n- whose head's in the wrong space, or like his, you know, who's who's like someone who doesn't make sense. To he's me. a country boy, Eddie. Yeah, but look, even if even if he's had a bit of a slip up and he got a little bit, you loose. know, loose. Uh, as soon as Trent comes and taps him on the shoulder, or Cooper, or fucking says Corner, and and go, mate, I need you to tighten this shit up. I can't see him going, nah, no, nah. I can I see, can't see that. rising to the challenge. Now, Punisher, we could be wrong. We could be wrong. But we rarely are. We rarely are. And look, knowing Angus as well as we do, which, you know, I mean, it's pretty damn, pretty close. Like, we're obviously pretty tight with Angus. Look, we're on, since the, our podcast. We're on the Christmas card list. Yes. If, if you need some sort of validation. If you need some sort of, like, yardstick as to where we are Christmas card territory so <laughs> both sending and receiving yes yes we give and receive at Christmas time that is the spirit of Christmas uh, <laughs> and we are certainly of that spirit and certainly share that spirit with Angus and he reciprocates in kind it's beautiful and to that end find it hard to believe Eddie and I think the punters and dribbles will agree with us wholeheartedly that he's got an attitude problem I don't see it can't say it, won't say it, refuse to say it. Mm-hmm. And if you think otherwise, then you're basically calling me and Tom and the show liars. Won't stand for it. So, I mean, good luck. Good luck proving that one in court. Um, but let's move on, Eddie. One more rugby league, or sorry, a couple more rugby league things before we um, move on to other sports. Yes, please. Now, we have spoken recently about Kenty, Paul Kent, uh, respected, I guess, I mean, like, you know, he's a rugby league journo of uh, uh, some note, NRL 360s on Triple M NRL. Now, I personally know him, and so I'm, from my experience of him, and by personally, this isn't like Christmas card shit where he's like a good friend or anything. Know him, nice guy. Always been nice. But, it's hard to understand his standpoints on certain things just if you're going off like the way he sort of writes, right? Like the mm. shit he writes about. There's many things where you read and you go like, yeah, man, like he's good or he's got a good opinion or he's good at finding out the the news and shit. But you and I spoke about how we were sort of a little bit like uh, confused and sort of put off by the whole Freddie's the heavyweight champion of luck, lucky Freddie. Yeah. yeah. And, and many people were. 
Many people were kind of like, what the fuck is this angle? Like, this yeah, is a weird it, angle it was just Origin. It was just the weirdest fucking angle of all time. Yeah. Now, if you want some salacious gossip, Punish Dribblers, and this isn't really, it's not unknown. It's common knowledge within, you know, football The right world. circles. But um, certainly not breaking any news because they've sort of publicly had cracks at each other. But Sturlow and Kenty don't really get on. Yeah, I've heard that. So, you know, I'm not 100% sure on where it started, but they're just not, they don't get on. Mm-hmm. And ever since Kenty has been saying this, Freddie's the heavyweight champion of luck, there have been many people that have kind of been like, well, I don't know about that. And not like publicly on Paul Kent's an idiot or anything, but have just been disagreeing with it in the media, right? Well, yeah, because again, funny angle. Funny, weird. It just didn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, weird angle, right? Um, sort of like starting off a podcast with sort of a five-minute diatribe about ice skating. Like you don't know where, where, where's that come from? Yeah. So, yeah. Kenty's gone on with his heavyweight champion of luck. Many, many people have gone, well, I don't know about that. Think it's got a bit more to do with it. Sturlo being one of them, but Sturlo never mentioned Kenty, but it was just like, if you're calling it luck, like it's not luck. Kenty has gone so hard at Sturlo in the paper on Saturday in his column. Uh, and not just Sturlo, but also Channel 9. And it's just a little bit weird. And I'm just going to read it. Gonna read it for you, punters. Do you please do your best? So, because punters, dribblers, we know we know that I read at sort of a second not grade a good level, reader. which I mean, you know what? It upsets me that that's the uh, that that's the takeaway is my reading. So I actually think I read quite well. Not on the podcast. Yeah, well, that not out loud. This could be a chance to re- <laughs> to redeem myself. So this is what it is. All right, bear with me, punters, dribblers. He goes after a few people. If it's at all possible, Channel 9's commentary team continues to get older, even with the injection of supposed young blood such as Sam Thido. My colleague Gordon Tallis copped a backhander from Thido on the Sunday footy show when he attacked Tallis over his concerns over Josh Dugan's ability to find an injury. Now, do you guys remember that? Where, like, Gordy sort of said uh, he was concerned because he keeps seeing Dugan go down with injury. Yep. Uh, he said he should retire. Should retire, or he should think about it, maybe. Thido was like, mate, that's a bit harsh. He goes on here with Sturlow. Peter Sterling, who looks more and more like Vladimir Putin's grandpa each year, labelled Talos's comments harsh. I mean, why has he said that? Why have you said that? Why has he dropped that in what there? What the hell's that got to do with anything? i tell you what that is, Eddie, and if I can drop some Latin on the punter dribbler right now, I believe the term is ad hominem, and that's when you attack the person and not the point. So he's just attacked Sterlo there. That, the is, that is outrageous. That's ad hominem, bro. And to think of the man he's attacking. That's what I mean. Rung below a mortal. And Sturlo hasn't mentioned Kenty, remember? In all this luck bullshit, Sturlo's just kind of kept it cool, said that he disagrees with whoever's saying it. Which is fair. Which is fair. Exactly. Sterling and Thiday subscribe to the old school playbook, which states, among former players, that if you don't criticize me, I won't criticize you. It's a formula that's been it's it's a formula that's been aging the nine commentary with few exceptions. It worked a treat until audiences got better educated than they were in the pre-internet days. Footy fans can't be conned anymore. They know too much. In recent weeks, Sterling has been at pains to criticise me, while not actually mentioning me, for calling Brad Filter the heavyweight champion of luck. And then it goes on to sort of quote what Sterling said. The one thing I'll say, I don't, uh, I don't want to say it anymore. There was no luck involved. Um... And then, uh, and then he goes, kind of finishes up. And he goes, Fitner acknowledges his luck while Sterling claims it was all in the planning. He could be right. Sterling, for his part, was involved in one Origin series. He lost. It's like he also played in Origin. He played in Origin. He's what did, no, 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 mate. Come on. You can't bring up that he was involved and lost in one Origin. What about the Origins he won as a player? As an actual player. The thing that they're, I, they're more important. If Sterlo's telling me something about like whether he thinks it's luck or not, I wouldn't be able to come out as powerfully as Kenty and be like, mate, no. Like, you know, what would you know? You lost a series. It's like, well, what would he know? He's a fucking like two-time Dalian medalist. He's origin three, player. Three premierships. Three premierships. Great of the game. I just don't know if you can go at Sturlo like that. <laughs> I also no, you can't. I also don't know if you can go at Channel 9's commentary team. Like, and also, I don't know if you can go it like, and just to draw it all the way back, you can't go at Fittler either. A champion of the game who's the first coach since Gus Gould 
right, to go fucking win back-to-back origins for the state. Yeah, but he also goes, he so goes... like, what's what's lucky about he goes, it? He goes, Fittler was classy in his response because Fittler goes, oh, yeah, look, I'm sure I'm sure there was a bit of luck involved. Or like, you know... There's luck involved in everything. There's luck involved, Kenty, in you having fucking a job. having the the voice you do. And, and but so but he's gone he's gone Fitler showed class because he just sort of basically set, agreed with you and because Sturlo didn't agree he didn't show it, class he's not classy but you're telling you're so, saying he looks like fucking Vladimir Putin's granddad <laughs> I just don't see where the class is there and it's just sort of it's just a bit strange and again my dealings with Kenty he's a good dude he knows my old man good dude but you're just like what what the fuck is that that's not classy saying that about Sturlo. I wouldn't have thought. No. Certainly not when you're looking for class, like when you're picking someone apart for not showing, for not class. showing class to then turn around and be as unclassy as that because I guarantee you don't know what Vladimir Putin's grandfather looks like. He could be a stud. <laughs> he could be a stud and maybe it's a compliment. So I don't know, but I and, dare, but it doesn't feel like one. No, it feels like, yeah, yeah you, you, it could be, in fairness to <laughs> Kenty, that could have been a compliment. Because we don't know what he looks like. And both bald, assuming maybe Vladimir's grandfather bald too. Could we've be hereditary. Got, you know what? Not we, sure. We've assumed but could a also lot. be a stud. We've assumed a lot there. And maybe now we owe an apology to Kenty. Because really that could have been actually one of the nicest things he's ever said about Peter Sterling. Particularly if, I mean... Maybe he looks like Jude Law. Well, that's and that's not beyond the realms of possibility. <laughs> Is right? it impossible? I mean, are you telling me that the Kremlin haven't potentially Edward got some sort of anti-aging thing going on where they're able to make the elderly members of our society look like Jude Law? Look like Jude Law. <laughs> and if so, I could see the resemblance between Solo and Jude Law. I can see that. Yeah, I can see it. Jude's losing a bit of hair. No, no, look. If Sturlo had a little bit more hair and Jude a little bit less, less, then I think <laughs> that there is every chance yeah. that that was a compliment that we've missed. We've missed and we've glossed over. We've glossed over that and we've a classy comment at that. Yeah. Look, is that possible? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's very possible. So do your own research, punters, dribblers. Yep. We haven't done ours. We haven't, which is, which is strange for us. But we will. Best believe we will confirm or deny Research. If Vladimir Putin's grandfather looks or doesn't look like Jude Law. Due to some sort of uh, Kremlin, uh, Kremlin orchestrated anti-aging uh, vaccine. vaccine. Or serum. All right. Brothers, sisters, mums and daddies, if you haven't had your biltong, then, I mean, that's a problem. And the podcast this, this week is brought to you by Bareback Biltong. Correct. All correct. All correct. You had your biltong? I had my biltong for breakfast. Uh, I've been substituting my cereals for biltong. Is that like meal replacement? Yeah. And I've, I've gone to another level. In terms of your biltong intellect. consumption? In terms oh, of intellect. Oh, intellect. Yeah. So we're thinking this is almost helping your mental game as well. Uh, it's brain food, punters, dribblers. Wow. Brain food. Two times five. Ten. Five times five. Twenty-five. Boom. Thank you, punters, dribblers. There you go. Bareback Biltong at barebackbiltong.com.au. <laughs> so the fight of the century is upon our doorstep. Now, Australia has been blessed with some of the great fights in the history of people wanting to hurt one another. Uh, I sort of mentioned, you know, Tai Tuivasa versus John Hopewadi in a cage match in Blacktown. Um... You know, that time that Danny Green knocked out Roy Jones Jr. inside of 40 seconds. Horn versus Mundine, which finished pretty quick. I think that was also another huge fight. But now, Eddie, we're really in for a treat. Chuck Mundine, everyone's favorite Australian, everyone's favorite fighter. Would that be fair to say? Certainly mine. Yep. And yours. And yeah, absolutely. So for anyone that was wondering who we replaced McGregor with, it was Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. The absolute... uh, out-and-out alpha. He's returning to the ring, punters, dribblers, for the fight you didn't know you wanted and probably don't. Uh, It's certainly the CTE strap for, you know, a couple of ageing warriors in uh, Mundine himself and John Wayne Parr. John Wayne Parr, for those that didn't know, and I was one of them until yesterday, 
a champion kickboxer. Is that yeah. right? I believe so. Like Dior that, but I'm pretty sure that's what he is. So obviously Mundine, the CTE warrior, uh, and now Hellasport Alpha, is selling this fight as the biggest since Mayweather-McGregor. It's Australia's answer to Mayweather-McGregor. Is that a little over the top? I don't think so. I don't think it's over the top. I think that's probably. Are they fair. looking? Are they looking at pulling similar numbers, four hundred ish each? Well, look, it's already sold out. The Blacktown Workers. Put it that way. Is it steeped in history, esteem? Yes. Uh, is the ground soaked in the blood of plumbers who have fought, their toiled, fort? and fought and toiled? Some of the most famous plumbers in in this nation of ours have spilt blood on the floor of the Blacktown workers in both sanctioned and unsanctioned fights. Look, what are the rules around this? Clearly a boxing match. It's a boxing match. Um, Can't see the CT warrior looking to kick. No, it, it, look, John Wayne Parr would kick his head off, I believe. But John Wayne Parr, quite well known in the, uh, in the uh, combat sports world. Like, I've heard him... But I've, I've heard, heard that. Now. I've heard Rogan speak about him. I've heard Sharb speak about him. Like he's 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 well known, and I've seen him like interviewed and shit. And I've heard the name John Wayne Park. Yeah, great name. Jo- great name. Great fighting name. Now, I mean, look, I think uh, hopefully this is Anthony's last fight. Hopefully he goes out the champion. He is. But look, I'm, are we a little bit worried about Anthony? Well, I would like to know why. In the sense that, how many comeback fights has he had now, legitimately? Is it, is it five at least? I'm not 100% sure because I'm never actually quite sure as to when he's retiring and when he's not because I thought I thought I didn't think he was going to fight Horn. Like I remember him, I'm sure, give me a sec. He's lost to Horn. He's lost to Garth Wood, though I think he actually had a couple of fights after Garth in fairness to the, to the man. Uh, he fought Danny Green and Danny won. Although that was a little controversial. Oh yeah, he should have won that fight. I remember when he lost to Glittering. Joshua. He lost to Joshua Cloddy. Got absolutely pumped at the Entertainment Center in Newcastle. That was in 2014, and he kept getting up. He got dropped heaps. That's what happened, and he ended up fucking losing that fight, right? And I'm pretty sure he ret- he was going to retire then. They talked about. Then he came back and beat Sergey Rabchenko. Household name. And won the WBC Silver Super Welterweight title. That is a really prestigious belt. Then he lost to Charles Hatley. That would have said... Then they definitely said he was retired. That was in 2015. Then he had two years off and came back for Danny Green, which he, in my opinion, won, but actually lost in a mixed decision. Then he came back and uh, a year after that and fought Toby Brown. And one plumber, and that was in order to get the Jeff Horn fight, which he got absolutely pumped in. So by my number, loses to Cloddy, then comes back for Sergi plumber, wins, then loses to Hatley plumber. So then comes back for Green plumber. So he's well, come. This will be this will be his fourth time back. By my estimation, and I mean there this there's I can't imagine this fight is making anyone any money. You know what I mean? Mundane can sell a fight only because people want to see him get fucked up. But, like, how this thing makes any money is beyond me. Well, pokey's revenue. So what? What do you mean pokey's revenue? People going well, and they're Well, maybe, maybe they're taking a slice of that pokey's revenue at the Blacktown Workers. Oh, like of, for the night. We'll, yeah, take, yeah. we'll take a clip of the pokey's for the night. That's how they've negotiated the fight, I've been led to believe. I'm sure as well, Eddie, they'd work in some sort of, like, uh like some sort of drinks package, you know, you buy a ticket, get a free rum, and then from there they maybe get a clip of the rums. Sure. Get a taste for the rum, then we'll take a clip of the rums. Yeah, I think, I mean, these sort of things would be built in, I'd imagine. Clip yes. of rums, clip of pokies, uh, et now, cetera, et cetera. Do we do, uh, is there a clip of fight started in the crowd? Like, is there some sort of, is that incentivized? Get people bluing in the crowd, or do you think that is not? Do you think that's admonished? <laughs> Look, I think it's by the by. I don't know if there'd be any sort of I like, think you probably, handshake agreement on no, it, but you probably factor that into any sort of spreadsheet. That yeah, yeah. Look, look, look. I mean, yeah, the quant modelists would be building that in. I don't know why, but they would be. 
I can I can assure you of that, punters, dribblers. I can assure you of that. Any quant modelers worth their salt who's running a boxing event at the Blacktown Workers must factor in punches thrown in the crowd. Yeah. Any any quant modelist worth their spreadsheet. I'd love to get to this fight, Eddie. Love to get to this fight. If you'd like to help Tom and I get to this fight, punters, dribblers, maybe you've got a connection at the Blacktown Workers. Maybe you know Chock directly. Maybe you know John Wayne Parr. Maybe you want a baggy grain and you feel like shouting a couple of throbbers some ticks to a boxing match. If you do, and if you are any of those things, and you want to get a couple of big throbbers to the fight of our time, the fight of our generation... Yeah, particularly in this great nation. Yes. Then you'll get us those tickets, and in return you'll get a B green and maybe a couple of rums. Yeah. Although they are worked into the ticket price, so we can't. I mean, you'll probably just get them anyway. Look, there's options. Is all I'm saying. There may be rums. There will definitely be a baggy green if you get those tickets, and they have to be good, and they have to be ringside, and I yeah. have to be given a fur to wear. We, no, dude, dude, we should rock up to... Please, if anyone can get us tickets, we will rock in in furs. <laughs> like we're 1970s mobsters. <laughs> and kind. Yeah, dude, we will walk in like complete pimps. Like American gangster shit. Yeah. Yeah. Fight of the century deserves nothing but the fineries that yeah. life has to offer. <laughs> Mink coats. Ivory canes. Yeah, yeah, or rabbit posing as mink. Or, yeah, or look, know. we're faux fur, because we're obviously a progressive podcast here at 2019. Yeah, of course. Uh, faux fur. Faux fur posing as mink. Yes. Or polar bear. Posing, I Dude, stress. we should do that. Uh, keep an eye out for us, punish dribblers, because we'll be ringside in mink. Uh, but obviously would appreciate some tickets. And if you get tickets, you're in mink with us, right? Like we're all going. We're going in a posse of of mink. Of furred up fucking What throbbers. is a what is a posse of mink? Oh, like the collective noun for a group of minks. Yeah, I'll tell ya. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. I'm excited for this. Fight of the century. F O T C. Oh, a richness of me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Swear to God. A richness of mink. Yes, dude. So if we and you, the dribbler who provides us with the tickets to the mega fight of the century, if we all go, which we will in mink or foam mink, mink. we will be adorned in a richness of foam mink. Foam mink. Uh, that would be hectic. Uh, but that's fight sports. Can't look. Can't wait for that. FOTC, fight of the century, Blacktown workers. Love it. Look, Eddie, big talking point in the world of Australian sport right now has been uh, swimming, funnily enough. World championships are on. Gone are the days, punters, dribblers of the nation seeming to care. Like, I remember when we cared about the pan packs and shit like that. Yeah, and the I'd, Commonwealth Games. You know what? I only remember it because I know I remember the acronym of the Pan Packs, right? Like I don't even really remember watching it ever, but I remember it sort of being like a thing. Well, I think it was because it was back in the glory days, back in Sydney, back in two thousand. It was sort of a lead up to that. Yes, you know what I mean. The glory days of Australian swimming. All eyes were on the pool because uh, that's where historically we have dominated. But the world champs are on at the moment. No one seemed to care until Mac Horton, who won gold at Rio and beat Sung Yang. Is that the pronoun? Sun Yang. Uh, worst teeth in world sports, Sun Yang. Um, do your own research on that punishment. He's got doping teeth. He's got teeth that look like they have sort of really seen the effects of long-term doping. Now, Just that's obviously alleged, uh, non-confirmed, but he has been banned for doping. So, so Mac Horton finishes second again. after he, So, he beat Sun Yang at Rio 2016. Gold for the nation in the 400. Uh, watch it if you want to be aroused. I repeat, goal for the nation. <laughs> I repeat, watch it if you want to be aroused. Watched it today. Fantastic stuff. Still stiff. So gets the jump on Sung Yang then and has been dominated since. Now, Sung Yang, obviously a filthy drug cheat, allegedly. But also been proven. But also been proven. That's why his teeth look fucked up. Uh, so Mac Horton beaten again overnight, refuses to stand on the dais or the podium, if you'd like to call it that, with Sung Yang, who's a dirty drug cheat, allegedly, but has been proven. It has been proven. 
So how do we feel about that? Tom? Yeah, how do we as a nation feel about that? Because not just like so Sun Yang, obviously dirty drug cheat alleged, but has been proven. Uh, but then came back from a suspension mm. due to that proven drug cheat. But then him and his mum or his grandma Dior on the maternal side of things, but smashed blood vials at with a re- hammers with hammers. Now, look, I mean, little little melodramatic to use hammers. I'm sure you could just throw them on the ground. Well, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. But maybe the hammer is more, I mean, effective. If you've got to get through a shitload of vials. That's true. That's true. Maybe the hammer's the weapon of choice. Well, I mean, if you're trying to break a lot of glass, hammer's probably a good good go, I guess. But he was... But but I will say this. I will say this. Just know, Sung Yang, that even if you did need to get through a shitload of work and thus needed a hammer... The hammer makes you look guilty as fuck. Yes. Because you can't sell the hammer any other way other than you're definitely trying to break those vials. If you happen to have a clumsy incident where you trip and fall through the vials... I mean, this is all about cheating smart, right? Now, look, we don't appreciate cheaters at all, but if you're going to do it, let's let's be a little more discreet. Let's not be like... Smashing a hammer sounds like you got things to hide. It shows intent, yeah. Sun Yang. Now... Just tripping and falling, slipping over. Oh, whoops. Losing your footing, slipping potentially on water that you've carried in from the pool. From the pool. Like, I mean... Come on. It's not that hard, Sun. Sun Yang. Now, obviously, Sun Yang... uh, Not a big thinker. Not a big thinker. Dirty drug cheat, alleged, but proven guilty. Um, Mac, Mac just absolutely fed up. Now, Mac, obviously, only famous when uh, something like this happens. But Uh, Mac fuming and Mac, a champion of the nation and Olympic gold medalist for his country. Said, I'm not going to stand. I'm not going to. I can't. I can't bring myself to stand on this podium next to a dirty, stinking cheek. Man of principles, Tom. Yes. A man of principles. He's got a backbone, this kid. Now, Sun Yang said that he saw it as a disrespect to the country of China, the nation, the communist nation Nothing of China. to do with that, mate. Nothing. To, you could be from fucking Timbuktu. Mac could still refuse to share the dais with you, mate. Yeah. Because he's a man of principles and honour. It's got nothing to do with your country, although it sort of does because China seems to condone it, allegedly. China seemed to be cool with it, allegedly. But you is who uh, you, but you, Sun, are who Mac takes umbrage with. <laughs> yes. It's not your nation, although it kind of is. It's you <laughs> and also your country, but mainly you. Mainly you. Your country seems to allow it, but you're the one doing it. Yeah. And look, you may be forced into doing it, but. By your country. Bruh. You're still doing it. You're doing it, bro. I mean, if they're spending all this money on doping you up to the eyeballs, allegedly, do they not think, let's fix his teeth while we're at it? Is I'll, it? I will say this as well. After after doping this prick up to the eyeballs uh, and using hammers to get away with it, allegedly. he still hasn't come within... He still hasn't come anywhere near the great Ian Thorpe's uh, times. I was going to say world record, although not currently because he was beaten by a filthy Brazilian in a super suit, which basically resembles the skin of a dolphin. (laughs) He may as well have been on the Sun Yangs up, though. (laughs) He was on the Sun Yangs. So for the point of my story, I'm going to go with Ian Thorpe still being the world record holder from 2002. That's a long time, 17 years, punters, dribblers, Dior, but I believe 17 years unchecked. His reign has reigned. Sun Yang hasn't come... Anywhere fucking near it, even though he's been doked up to the eyeballs by allegedly a huge nation with huge pockets in China. But clearly zero appreciation for dental hygiene and sort of just, you know. Spend less money on doping and more on dental care. Fix his teeth. Fix them. He's supposed to be your representative on the biggest stage. He's your he's your offering to the world. And I can see why you'd want to dope that offering to the eyeballs, allegedly. But you completely have missed one of the more important pieces of him, and that's his mouth. And the mouth is the window to the soul, Eddie, as I've always said. And his teeth look like... His teeth look like a, a neglected graveyard where it's like, you know what, this thing was probably really well kept in the 1800s and now it's been left and like... You know, things are falling over, grass is growing, it's hard to look at. I think the teeth are dead as well, a couple of them. You know when you see a dead tooth in someone, it's hard to not 
look at it all the time. It's hard. It's hard to avoid a dead tooth. <laughs> It's we've always said that. Always said that. One My old man said that to me when I was just a young boy, coming of age. Very hard to avoid a dead tooth. tooth. And in Sung Yang's case, several dead several teeth. Several dead teeth. It's a morgue in his mouth. So old morgue mouth. <laughs> so Sung Yang, what we're saying is stop doping, clean up your morgue mouth, and get off the <laughs> get off the top step. Yeah. Okay. So we arrive at a low point mm-hmm. in the podcast. Mm. Uh, not low because Tom and I are low. We're never low. Never low. Uh, we're I repeat. Always, never low. Always never. high. Always, always high. Always high as kites. Never low. Always high as kites. But a low point in the podcast because if you are Australian, and I'm guessing most of you are, except for our loyal Ethiopian listeners. Shout out to you. And a sprinkling of palms. Kenyans. Dutch. South Africans. Yep. Uh, Japanese. Uh, Probably lost all our Chinese listeners after that Sun Yang But if you're still with us. The dead-toothed Chinese (laughs) population. If you're still with us, congratulations. But I'm I'm speaking specifically to the ladies and the gentlemen of the nation of Australia. Uh, Our rugby union fortunes continue to fall. If you thought that was possible after the last 20 years, you are, well, not 20, but fuck, what, 16? You'd be incorrect. They continue to fall. Continue when you f- when you think that we found the, uh, the 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 floor section of the Mariana Trench, you realize if you thought we'd reached the the bottom of the trench, you realize we're we're nowhere near. No, seemingly seemingly more room for us to fall. So we've lost uh, to the South African B side over the weekend. Now, not many people knew it was on Loftus Stadium in South Africa where we haven't won in a long time. A couple of things that alarm me, Tom. Obviously, alarm bells number one ringing over the fact it was a B side. Yeah. Alarm bells number two is the fact that it was our 12th loss in our last 16 tests. Oh, was it? Yes. Yuck. Uh, that's not a number I thought I'd ever say out loud no but it's it's a reality that we now face 12 out of third uh so is that 12 out of 16 tests we've lost yeah 12 the last 16 great and alarm bell number three is that we continue to sell it as if we were close like close but no cigar yeah oh we're bloody close like nick wade said geez we're getting close who nick white right who he played well apparently yeah which is rare but well, he's first game back in like four years. But shout out to Nick. Shout out to Nick. Well done for having a good game, supposedly. Uh, but don't come out and say that we're close when you got fucking fourteen point. I think it was that. What was that? It was thirty-seven twenty, fucking two. Think that, I think they went all right in the first half. Got pumped in the second half. No, no. So like of all those losses, of all the twelve losses, we've never been down by more than eight points at half time which says to me that we can't play the full 80 minutes. And last time I checked, games don't go for 40 minutes. No, we've done our sums and they are 80 minutes with some extra time. Tom and I came in early this afternoon. We're here at three. We sat down with a quant model as we ran some numbers and we ran some figures. And we've come to the conclusion rugby union matches longer than 40 minutes. Yes. 80 minutes, Eddie, I think about. About 80 minutes depending on stoppage time and that... Obviously calculated on a game-by-game basis, so we couldn't give a hard number. But certainly 80 is the one that we're going off. And for that to come out as the as the uh, the, the least amount a game can go for, very disappointing that Australia is not playing for that amount of time. That's going to be problematic moving forward into the World Cup. We've, we've established that. And maybe we need to get in touch with Checker and let him know, because, I mean, maybe... Maybe it's really tricky. <laughs> Does Checker know that we need to be playing a full 80 minutes? I'm not sure that he does. I'm not sure that anyone in rugby knows this. Because from where I'm sitting, it looks like my team, my nation, my Wallabies is is playing 40. That's what I'm saying. Hey, now... now Sometimes they're playing 50, sometimes 60, but never 70 or 80. Never 70 or 80. And as we have established, quant modelling done this afternoon, (laughs) sums done, 80 minutes minimum for a game. (laughs) (laughs) Minimum 80 minutes required by our calculations. Yes, that you can take to the bank. Obviously, do your own sum. <laughs> Build your own models and hire your own quad yeah, yeah, yeah. models. Dion, do your own maths, but 
we're pretty sure that that's watertight. Now, if we were playing a 40-minute World Cup, Eddie, we'd be in with a real shot. We'd be in a fucking... We'd be able to shake that tree, if baby. If we were playing one half a game, 40 minutes a match, then I'd be very, very buoyed by our performance on the weekend. Because as you said, Eddie, only ever behind by eight points or less. Or less. So... And obviously, sometimes we're winning. And sometimes we're winning. So if, I mean, unless they want to change the rules or unless well, we've just, got our sums well, wrong. Well, well, look, I just think that it's probably too close to the World Cup for them to go changing the the amount of time that a game's played for. Yes. I the, mean, I could be wrong. We'd, we'd have to talk to the IRB, but yes. that would be my initial thought. That, that maybe complete overhaul of rules to suit one ailing rugby nation, not necessarily ideal on the eve of the World Cup. Well, I think unrealistic. Yeah. At this point. At this point. Not not beyond the realms of possibility, but unrealistic. Uh, unrealistic. A little naive, maybe. So, punters, dribblers, I think that we need to start getting the message out there, perhaps to other Australians who've, who've missed this, um, you know, quite complex math mathematical equation, equation. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll maybe get one up we'll get sort of the we will sort of get a, an image of the uh of the sum up on our instagram maybe for you know you guys to maybe send through to some of the hierarchy maybe even just dm the wallabies instagram page i don't know how these things work i don't know how you get in touch with the tippy top look i don't know i mean dming their instagram page surely the place to start um, where we'll, we'll happily send over our figures to the punter and the dribbler uh, because we need to get this to Australian rugby immediately because they're not they're clearly not aware. I don't think they know, and that's alarming. But, you know, maybe it took a couple of geniuses like us. Look, yeah, maybe. Because every now and then, punters, dribblers, a couple of geniuses come along. Yeah, like the Wright brothers. Yes. Uh, da Vinci. Albert Einstein. Albert Isaac Einstein. Newton. Uh, Olivia Newton, John. That's not John Travolta. John Travolta. Uh, a couple of geniuses. Couple of geniuses there. Look who's talking. Look who's talking to. Great films. Grace, also a great film. But maybe more just on the genius side of things, Eddie. If we go to Steve Jobs, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates. Yes. Neil Armstrong. Neil Ar- and Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin. But not Mike Collins. No. Well. The oft-forgotten Mark Collins. Mike. Uh, Mike. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, Mike. Um, Uh, Point being, point being, punish dribblers. Sometimes geniuses come along and... And sometimes they look like Tom and I. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes they are us. All right, punish dribblers, a quick uh, handing out of lights and VBs. Uh, Been a little while since we've done it, but, you know, there just hasn't really... Nothing's really tickled our fancy, I guess. Nothing's really, uh, you know dragged us into that part of our uh, our uh, nothing's made us want to do it we didn't want to we didn't want to so we didn't so we didn't uh but we're absolutely giving some vbs to our girls in creams our lady cricketers congratulations gals ashes retained ashes retained needed that we australia needed a win the nation needed a win the diamonds let us down and have as a result been given lights Diamonds went down by a goal, I think, to New Zealand overnight in the Netball World Cup. Some Historic, may say historically that, you know, that's harsh we, of us. Yeah, yeah, look, you would. But if you'd done your fucking research like I had punters dribblers, switch on, mm. and you'd known that we've never finished lower than second in a Netball World Cup, you immediately realise that it's win or nothing. Yeah. It's win or life. We're, we're literally the greatest netballing nation on God's earth. So if we don't win it, and especially lose to the Kiwis, it's lights all around. So the Diamonds will be having lights. From goal attack to goal defense. And you lights, won't, lights, lights, and lights. And you won't be enjoying them. No. Uh, but the, our girls in creams, Ashes, champs, congratulations, girls. Really appreciate you uh, doing something positive for the nation because no other sporting team will. Can't wait to get back and have a couple with you. Uh, go and enjoy European holiday, though, because you've earned it. Oh, go and sun yourselves, ladies. Now, punters and dribblers. P's and D's. P's and D's. Uh, dribbler dribbles. Time to do it. First off, uh, King Dribble asked for... Pipe layer of the week again, and I, <laughs> I don't know how many times we can do this. 
KD, but no. No, you can't have it, mate. No, you cannot have it. A, you haven't done anything worthy of being popo yeah. of the week. And B, you've, asked for, you've asked for it, which is an immediate disqualification. You were already disqualified from last time's asking. Now you have to wait even longer. Even if you do do something that's so hectic and I'm like, that deserves popo of the week, you can't get it because you put yourself in yep. the bin. Now, listen, we, we, we don't not want to give it to you. But you got to do something for it. That goes for everyone who may or may not win Pipe Layer of the Week. But if you ask, then you are put in the, and if the timeout bin. If you're watching a video podcast, that is the Pipe Layer of the Week trophy. Uh, the Alex Ironside Memorial Big Papi Pipe Layer of the Week trophy. Uh, if you're not watching, then that meant nothing. Now, <laughs> so first up, KD, no, you're not getting it. Uh, but appreciate you sending us weird DMs. Now... First dribbler dribble from uh, Ben Cochran. So obviously he saw on our uh, Instagram that uh, you were at uh, Brookvale yesterday and obviously Manly's performance with, uh, you know, two tomato- sons of tomato farmers in the Turbo Boys and DCE and everyone throbbing uh, as one, much like geese flying in the sky in a V. That We're obviously humming into a premiership favouritism sort of situation. Now, he wants to have a bet with us. Okay. So... He thinks that the Knights will finish above us in the table. Bullshit. Right? So What's the bet? Either a hundred bucks or a, thousand a lunch. Bucks. hundred bucks or a lunch. And a lunch. It I will think rack, lunch. Up, yeah. rack up a huge bill. It's a lunch, right? So But we we get to pick where and when and how much we drink. Yeah. Cool. I mean that's absolutely fine with me. Obviously, these, like, no, these but like but that goes back to him. Like yeah, if he's so yeah. confident then that he should jump at that. So and uh, I do know Ben, so it's not like we'll have to go and have lunch with some complete random spoon of a human. So uh, let's do it. You're on, Ben. Knights will finish below Manly Seagulls in, in 2019. Lineup, without a doubt. And we actually face each other at some point before the season's over. Uh, unless you've got a couple of to- sons of tomato farmers on your side, Benny, I don't know how you're going to get about winning that bet, but excited for lunch. Particularly when we're two wins ahead. Yeah. I mean, shocker, shocker, and for and against, and ahead on for and against. So, I mean, he's probably looking at us playing the storm twice on our run home, but you've obviously never heard of the Battle of Brookvale. No, haven't you? You haven't heard that Brett Stewart's back getting around the team, boying the boys, but that's fine. Hey, that's fine. Looking forward to lunch, bruh. Now, this one's from Joe Murph 94. Joe, thanks for reaching out. Hey, lads, looking for some HSP input on Brisbane Lions situation. Didn't know there was one. Uh, They're second. Yeah. For a dribbler coming back to the team for the first time since the early 2000s dynasty, having not followed any other team in the meantime and just generally not caring about AFL, am I a prodigal son returning to my childhood roots or a bandwagoner? Now, I asked him, what's your go-to winter sport, AFL or NRL? He said NRL. So with that in mind, with all the facts on the table, do you think this man is a bandwagon? AFL, not his main sport, but as soon his team is now going good, he's now just sliding back in a little bit of AFL awareness. Look, if, if AFL was his number one sport, then I'd be like, bruh, you're clearly jumping on the bag wagon. Yes. Clearly. Yes. Clearly. But I will say this. I will say this. If you've allowed your support for a team to lie dormant, as it were, yeah. and you haven't allowed that support to go elsewhere yes. during the time when your team may have been underperforming and you lost interest because you are at heart a rugby league man, yes. I'm allowing it. Same. I'm allowing it. Your passion has has been dormant, hibernating, as it were, waiting for the right time to strike because rugby league's your game. Yep. And there's only so many hours in the day. And also, like, if you think about it, he's obviously a Queenslander. Well, not obviously, but, like, if you're... Let's say you're living in Brisbane. If your Brisbane AFL team starts humming... As if you're not going to get behind, but them. also, but also, like if you're a bear and you wake up after hibernation, you need to eat and fuck, right? Right. And that you can get that when your team's going well, but you're not coming out of hibernation if, if you can't get a feed eat and there's no one to fuck. Yeah. So I mean, makes sense. There you go. A uh, couple of David Attenboroughs here solving the world's problems. Uh, basically, Joe Murph ninety four. Everyone sliding his DMs. 
I don't think you are. We, we don't think you are a bandwagoner. You're a prodigal son returning. You're a bear coming out of hibernation to feed and fuck. And when there's there's feed to feed on and there's things to fuck, then it's acceptable. It's it's perfectly all right. Now, were they no good? I mean, you wouldn't be doing it. Why would you do it? You wouldn't come out of hibernation. You wouldn't come out of hibernation. And I will say this. If you'd been supporting someone else in those years, yes, you would be a bandwagon. Because you had already been out of hibernation and trying to feed and fuck somewhere else. But you wouldn't have been a bear at all. No, well, that's true because you wouldn't have been hibernating. That's right. So it wouldn't have even worked. So, yes, you would have been a bandwagoner, not a bear. Not a bear. Right now, you're a prodigal bear coming out of hibernation. <laughs> Look at the feed and fuck. Is that all? That's us, bro. Okay, I'll get a go. Yeah. Punters, yeah, dribblers, yeah. it's been a long time. Uh, energy levels sapping. Draining fast. But no, I'm not low. I'm not low. Not low. <laughs> no, not low ever, but draining. <laughs> Gotta go. Uh, thank you very much. At Hello Sport Podcast on Instagram. Like, subscribe, five stars. I believe there are there any uh, are there any reviews to get to or oh, fuck it. No, there's not this week because I can't be bothered. That's it. So uh, thank you very much. Curtly Bill, please reach out. Uh, Rumors he's signing with Manly. I don't know. Could you two just not talk anymore?